Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Tag One Team Talks, the roughly bi-weekly series, uh, podcast and webinar series about emerging web technologies hosted by Tag, Tag One Consulting. My name is Preston So. I'm editor-in-chief at Tag One Consulting. I'm moderator of the Tag One Team Talks and also author of Decouple Drupal in Practice. It's a real big pleasure today to be joined by three of my good friends um, this morning. And uh, I want to welcome, uh, first of all, uh, Moshe Weitzman, as well as Fabian Franz and Michael Myers. We're going to be talking today about Drush 10, and we're joined by the creator of Drush himself, Moshe Weitzman. Uh, and by the way, if you want to check out this episode and other episodes on Tag One Team Talks, please go to tagone.com slash tag team talks. And if you like this webinar slash podcast, please remember to upvote, subscribe, and share it with your friends and family. Uh, let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. <clears throat> I'm located here in Berkeley, California. Uh, Moshe Weitzman is located in Boston. He's a senior technical architect at Tag One, user ID number 23 on Drupal.org. Moshe is one of the few people in the world that have contributed to the core of every single version of Drupal. He's made countless major contributions to the platform, including creating the Migrate module, organic groups, testing harness, and of course, Drush, which we'll be talking about today. One of the fun facts that Fabian just indicated to us today is that Moshe has actually been at every single DrupalCon in the history of Drupal, which is quite impressive. We're also joined today by Fabian Franz in Switzerland, Senior Technical Architect and Performance Lead at Tag1. Fabian is one of the top five Drupal 7 core branch maintainers. He's also one of the top 50 contributors to Drupal 8 and is the maintainer for several Drupal 8 core subsystems, including BigPipe, Dynamic Page Cache, and Theme API. Finally, we're also uh, joined today by Michael Myers, Managing Director of Tag One. And I want to turn the mic over to Mike just for a second here. Do you want to talk a little bit about Tag One and why we're talking about Drush today? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Preston, uh, Moshe, Fabian, for joining us. Uh, Tag One is the number two all time contributor to Drupal. We work with a lot of different technologies uh, from Laravel uh, to some real time collaborative systems with this uh, awesome framework called YJS. Um, Obviously, uh, Drupal is core to our business, and uh, automation and management of Drupal sites uh, is um, key to every project that we do. So we're thrilled to have Moshe on board uh, and looking forward to Drush 10 and, and, and 11. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get right to the questions. But first, before we get into kind of the background around Drush and a little bit about the history, um, Moshe, I mean, you know, we've got you as the creator here on our webinar and podcast. I'm curious, how would you, uh, what's the best definition of Drush for those of the, uh, of the audience who haven't really been familiarized with it yet? Sure. Um, I want to just uh, let everyone know that uh, Drush existed for a little while before I took it over. Um, it was uh, one of many uh, brilliant ideas that Arto uh, came up with um, way back in the day. And so um, I've maintained it for over a decade at this point, uh, but I wasn't the actual creator of it. Um, so uh, Drush is a tool um, that you add to your Drupal website uh, via Composer. Um, and the main function of this tool is that it speeds up lots of administrative and development um, functions that you need to do in order to take care of your Drupal website. Okay, so um, if you need to enable or uninstall modules, you need to install a Drupal website, um, you need to block a user, change a password of a user, um, and uh, so many more things you need to update your search index um, 
you would use Drush to, to do that quickly. Um, it's a command line interface, um, which means that you use your terminal um, and you type out a few commands, which um, people who are watching this are, are probably familiar with that. Um, and uh, we use Drupal's APIs to get done what you need to get done. Um, it's faster because Drupal doesn't have to deal with rendering and theming. Um, it just will go ahead and do the thing you want to do. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, when you were talking about um, what Rush is, um, what it felt to me like was, um, hey, uh, I've been using this every day. I, I couldn't even imagine using Drupal without Rush. It's a really, really amazing achievement in that. Yeah, I definitely have heard that before. Um, it, it would be really painful to have to use the web interface for everything. Um, not to mention the fact that we're sort of in a DevOps revolution, um, years into the DevOps revolution, and um, you need scriptable websites in order to uh, behave well in there. And uh, for us, really is the scriptable interface for Drupal. That's amazing. And, you know, I'm also a, a very frequent user of Drush. Um, I use it all the time. It's, it's a really, uh, really well-designed and, and amazing interface for doing just about whatever you need to do with Drupal. But let's dig into a little bit of the history of Drupal and the, and the kind of past of, of Drush. Um, you know, how exactly did Drush come about and, and when did it come about and, and what happened to uh, 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 kind of let you uh, begin to get involved with Drush and start to maintain it? Um, yeah, so Drush uh, had its 10th uh, anniversary uh, maybe a year ago. Um, it's quite an old project. Um, and uh, as I said, it was started by Arto. Um, it was originally a module um, on Drupal.org uh, contrib um, that you installed into your website. Um, and uh, people were pretty amazed and thankful and impressed and um, happy with Drush as a module. Uh, but, you know, as we expanded it, we were unable to really um, fully realize all the commands we wanted to offer. Um, namely, you couldn't install Drupal using Drush. Um, and other things that sort of happen outside of Drupal, like starting a web server, um, uh, in order to quick start a Drupal site and so forth. So um, I think it was Drush 3 um, when we switched uh, from being a module to being a project that is outside of Drupal. Um, it was like a, a really big um, change. And uh, I want to say thanks to everyone who contributed. Um, Greg Anderson is he contributed to that pull request, um, and he's been a constant maintainer ever since then. So um, seven releases of Drush, um, he's been an awesome uh, co-maintainer with me. Um, so uh, we moved ourselves out of Drupal, um, and we were able to offer site install and quick Drupal and um, lots of other cool commands like that. Um, I think one part of your question was like, how did I get interested in um, in Drush? Well, uh, it was very much a scratch your own itch situation. I was a Drupal consultant um, 
or at least a core developer and wanted to get things done quicker. And I saw that Arto had made something interesting. And so um, he seemed like he wasn't maintaining it um, that uh, enthusiastically anymore. So I jumped in and helped and then eventually um, took over the maintenance of that. I think that's an amazing story that really uh, reflects, um, you know, just kind of how uh, so many amazing ideas have come into Drupal. Um, you know, people come in with an idea, you scratch your own itch by working on it with them, and then eventually you, you become a maintainer yourself. And, and that's a story that I think we all share as contributors to uh, the Drupal ecosystem. And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask, what were some of the major milestones along the way, some of the major kind of enhancements or features that landed? Um, are there some major, dr like, Drush version numbers that you consider to be more important because they introduced certain functionality or introduced certain features that were really commonly requested? Sure. Um, so uh, I think, like, Drush 2, um, Adrian Rousseau put in... Um, the idea of interacting with a remote Drush, a remote Drupal website. Um, so we now call site aliases um, and uh, the backend functionality where um, from your local, local Drupal website, you could go out um, and rsync the files directory or um, SQL sync the database from one Drupal installation to another or uh, run user login uh, ULI on a remote site and get the URL to log in as user ID number one. Um, that was, you know, a huge boost in functionality. There was a whole backend API that was super robust um, that uh, worked over SSH that let us do that. Um, it was only in Drush 9 when we finally got around to rewriting that. So um, kudos to Adrian for making a nice uh, framework there. Um, and uh, so moving ahead in the chronology, yeah, be becoming a independent project of Drupal um, might have been Drush 3. Um, a, a huge step up. Um, Drush 5, I think, um, we implemented output formatters. That was very much uh, Greg Anderson's contribution. Um, so output formatters uh, let you take a command like um, PM list, um, which is the list of all of the modules that are on your Drupal website and which ones are installed and um, what their category is and uh, name and machine name and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you, you typically get a table of information out, which is very readable and nice for humans. Um, with output formatters, you can get that table in JSON format or YAML format, which um, really opens up the possibilities of um, using Drush for scripting. Uh, so I mentioned the DevOps revolution. I mentioned, um, you know, we've got continuous integration. Um, output formatters are really useful in those scenarios for wiring your programs together. Um, Innovations after that, um, when uh, Drupal 8 came out, um, Alex Pock contributed the, con the uh, configuration commands. Um, so config import, config export, config set, config get. Um, later on, I wrote config pull. Um, so, uh, you know, right from the beginning, 
of Drupal 8, uh, we had strong uh, CLI support for its config subsystem, um, which has been invaluable to realizing the potential of that subsystem. Um, I think just about everyone uses those commands um, when they push their code from um, dev to stage to prod. Um, so definitely uh, that was a big milestone. Um, this, this is a long-winded answer. Hopefully people are, are uh, enjoying it though. Um, of course. <laughs> okay, so uh, Drush 9 <clears throat> um, was uh, a monumental release um, maybe a year ago. Um, and we rewrote uh, Drush for the very first time. Um, it was rewritten from uh, the early days, Drush 3, when it got pulled out of being a module. Um, we rewrote it in a very modular way. Um, we put uh, lots of composer packages out for the public to use. Um, this would be the consolidation annotated command, consolidation uh, site process, consolidation site aliases. Um, so people who are writing command line projects can go ahead and use those packages if they want. Um, that was one benefit. The other benefit is that Drush itself became smaller um, because we modularized um, that site-to-site -site communication and we made it really easy and tight to declare a new command. Um, it, commands are no longer written in PHP like they were in Drush 8 and prior. Um, commands well, uh, commands are written in a combination of a PHP method for the callback, um, but the um, doxygen above the callback is how you declare the command name and usage examples and parameters and options and so forth. Um, in the same release, uh, YAML uh, took over as the um, format for configuration and site aliases in Drush. Um, and uh, we started using Symfony Console as our, our runner for commands, um, and we built on top of that. Um, so yeah, Drush 9 was definitely a monumental release um, for Drush. Um, we introduced a few new commands in 9. Um, we have support for config split, um, which is a module which um, we may not need going forward uh, Drupal 8, 8 and further um, because it's been brought into Drupal core, but that's the way you get uh, some modules to be on in prod, um, but not on in development and vice versa. Um, and um, you can vary your configuration easily by environment. Um, and uh, there were some conveniences in Drush 9 uh, running commands from the project root. Um, instead of from the document route. Um, and uh, finally, we added uh, Drush Generate, um, which uh, perhaps some people don't know about, but I uh, really think um, it's awesome. Uh, that's a scaffolding command, so you can quickly create plugins, services, modules, um, lots of files uh, that you need to build a modern Drupal site. Uh, you can quickly um, template them out and put them into your uh, source code and just edit them from there. Um, Drupal Console uh, was the first project that brought that to um, Drupal 8. Um, Drush has since uh, gained that capability um, a year ago in partnership with a separate project called the Drupal Code Generator. 
um, which people should check out. It's pretty great. Uh, I'll stop there. Absolutely. I, you know, I've actually used uh, Drupal Code Generator in the past, and um, uh, it's great to see that um, now with uh, Dress Generate being part of uh, Dress itself, um, man, that's going to open up a whole lot of possibility for uh, people who are really trying to speed up their Drupal development process. So what, um, you know, I know that today we're, we're really interested in Drush 10. And I know um, both, uh, uh, you know, uh, Fabian and Moshe, you both are very interested in Drupal, in uh, Drush 10. I'm curious, you know, what are some of the new features in Drush 10? Um, and what should we be looking for? What are some of the key value propositions that distinguish Drush 10 from some of the past versions that uh, we've just described? So um, Drush 10 uh, is the version that is um, best suited to Drupal 8.8, which is coming out soon. Um, It is the one that uh, embraces the the new configuration features, um, exclude API, transform API, um, the config split and core stuff. Um, The... So features wasn't really the focus for um, Drush 10. Um, what we did in Drush 10 primarily was remove um, a decade's worth of code from Drush. Um, so in Drush 9, you actually have all of the old APIs um, and all of the new APIs. Um, so um, the commands that are in there um, generally are um, using the new APIs in Drush 9. But uh, if you, like, called a Drush 9 site from Drush 8, it would go into all of the old um, code branches. So um, we decided to make Drush 9 like that in order to make it easy to give people a lot of time, a year, to upgrade their commands and um, and be able to interoperate with older versions. Uh, so Drush 10 interoperates with Drush 9 fine, but it doesn't interoperate with prior to that. Um, so 10 is extremely lean, extremely clean compared to 9. Um, and, you know, that. what does that help us do? Um, it helps us enjoy and be able to maintain it for another decade. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Greg and I are committed to Drush and um, want to keep going and uh, keep it like a high quality uh, project with test coverage uh, like it has uh, for all its commands and subsystems. So um, I think the Drush 10 really sets us on a path for you know, years of profitable use of Drush. Um, there aren't many projects that last as long as we have um, and keep the quality up the way we have, um, in my opinion. So. Um, I think a release like 10 is really quite important. Um, I encourage people to upgrade at your earliest convenience. Um, even though there aren't that many new features, uh, you're going to get um, sort of the best level of support going forward if you're on the most recent version of Drush. So um, go ahead and uh, upgrade your composer files and bring it in. I think you'll make it. This is amazing. Um, do you have like any statistics of um, how many lines of code you've kind of removed or rewritten or something like that, that would be really interesting. <laughs> it would be really interesting. I don't know. 
Um, I guess if someone wants to take that on, it's all in Git. Um, so yeah, please do share, uh, you know, how many lines of code we might have removed. Speaking of statistics, do you have a sense of how many or what percentage roughly of Drupal websites use Drush? I would imagine the majority. I would also imagine the majority. Um, so Drush is not a module, so it doesn't report back to Drupal.org. Um, so we don't have those statistics. We have statistics that Packages gives us around number of installs and um, those numbers are like incredibly high for all packages because of uh, CI systems and so forth. So I don't really pay much attention to those numbers. Um, but the, the numbers are quite high if you feel like um, checking them out. Uh, you know, stars on GitHub are an interesting metric. At least we're pretty sure that humans are the ones who are starring projects on GitHub. Um, our GitHub page actually now shows the number of GitHub repos that include us as a dependency. Um, and interestingly enough, that number like keeps going up um, rapidly as if uh, GitHub is slowly churning through their millions of repositories and uh, upping the numbers. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know if someone can take a look at our page and see what the number of stars and number of dependencies are. Um, but yeah, they're, they're in the thousands and, um, certainly the feedback I get at Drupal cons is that people are using it and enjoying it. So you should, you should really just add a little phone home, you know, all the new software has phone home, like for Drush, uh, cash clear. So then, <laughs> <laughs> right. We, um, in, in prior releases, we had some analytics around what commands people were using and we would have people opt into that and. Uh, send the data to a uh, hosted MongoDB. Um, but it turns out that I didn't really have much interest in like churning through those numbers. Um, I knew people were using the commands. I knew they were enjoying it. They were telling me and I didn't really want to dig through the numbers that much. So um, I didn't use it. And I think that service like reduce their free plan to the point where we couldn't use it. And then uh, I just um, removed the logging from Drush. So we don't, we don't have those analytics. It would be pretty cool. I think that um, the homebrew CLI has a nice analytics platform. Um, it's, it's not too common in CLI tools to do analytics like this, but homebrew does it. So if anyone wants to bring it back and model after homebrew, I think that would be pretty cool. So, Mosh, I've got a, a kind of a serious question, <clears throat> a very serious question, in fact. Um, you know, Drush 10 is a huge milestone, as you said. Uh, I think it really reflects the, the, the long and storied history that, that Drush has in the Drupal ecosystem, and especially the fact that um, it's, it's uh, you know, something that has had a lot of staying power, and so many people use it. I still use it every single day. Um, one question I have, though, is, you know, we've got the iPhone X. Why not Drush X? <laughs> oh, pretend. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the semantic versioning people would get really upset with if you introduced letters into a major version. <laughs> I think I agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
Let's turn to another um, area that I think is, is of interest to a lot of folks, because, you know, I think there's been um, a lot of innovation in terms of, of uh, CLI development within Drupal. Um, we've, we've heard, uh, of course, from uh, a lot of uh, folks that they like to use Drupal console as well. But I think a lot of us are confused about what are some of the distinctions between Drush and Drupal console and what would you want, when there's some situations that you'd want to use one over the other? I know that they're very different and they have very different use cases um, after having spoken to, to both you and, and, uh, and, and uh, Jesus as well, the maintainer of Drupal console. Um, what are some of the major differences that our audience should know about and um, when should they use one over the other? Um, yeah, I get that question a lot and I'm actually not an authority on that question. Um, so uh, I, I really rarely use console, um, so I can't really say what it does and doesn't do. Um, my impressions um, as a barely informed person I can share, um, they do largely the same stuff. Um, and the commands vary in, like, minor details. Um, so uh, in that sense, um, you're free to use whichever one you like um, because they kind of do the same thing. Um, and even uh, you could say they have similar architectures um, because they're both built on top of Symfony console. Um, the commands look different if you're into command authoring. Um, Drush uh, has this annotated command layer on top of console um, where you write commands using annotations. Um, and uh, Symfony Console has like a straight Symfony Console approach um, with a few different methods per command. Um, and that's really just a stylistic um, difference. Um, really doesn't matter for functionality. Uh, I think um, there are other differences that may um, matter to people when they're trying to choose. Um, and, uh, again, I could be wrong about this stuff. My impression is that Drush is, uh, quite a bit better in its testing, um, coverage than, and approach than Drupal console. Um, console does a fair amount of testing, but it's unit testing. Um, Drush actually shies away from unit testing. It does functional testing. Um, so we have a real copy of Drupal in our test suite and um, a full copy of Drush, and we run CLI commands and test the output of those CLI commands on a real Drupal. Um, and I think that um, the console does more mocking in their testing approach. Um, you know, there are advantages to both approaches. Um, there's whole other talks around uh, the best way to do testing. Um, I happen to come from the approach where functional um, is really important and shouldn't be omitted. Um, and so that's why uh, Drush really um, pays attention to that. Um, it's my impression that over the last year plus, um, Drush's development has been more um, robust than um, consoles. Um, consoles seems like they had like a burst of energy um, a couple of years ago. Um, lasting a while and doing great work. Um, but uh, the sort of focus has moved to other projects for the people who are maintaining that. Um, 
And so, you know, those are reasons to consider when you're picking a new CLI tool for your project. Um, having said that, like uh, the main template for Drupal, um, which up until a couple of weeks ago was the um, Drupal Dash project um, in, in GitHub, uh, included both console and Drush. So you really can like switch between them and be um, as like uh, polyamorous as you want. There's really not a problem with it. I also um, had, an, had a question I'm really curious about. And the question is, how did you personally feel when Drupal console was just, was first released? Like, um, I, I, you know, I was impressed by, by parts of it um, and um, thought that, like, uh, Jesus um, and that team were, like, innovators in the space. And, and um, my first um, efforts and desires were to, like, hey, let's, let's merge efforts and make one great command line tool. And um, I think there's a lot of um, history in Drupal around trying to collaborate instead of um, fork or instead of uh, making duplicate projects. And so that's the goal I really wanted. Um, and, you know, I pitched that goal in Prague. Um, the console maintainer said they would think about it. Um, and then they became unresponsive to like follow-ups on that question. Um, so I got the impression that they uh, liked their current tool and they liked their current development process and wanted to stay th as an independent project. Um, so it was a little disappointing. Um, I felt disappointed to answer your question. Um, I think that people felt confused about what tool they should be using. Um, and, you know, it, it, the, the confusion remains today. You know, Pat Preston asked the same question. Um, so, so that's how we ended up with two different um, command line tools that do similar things. Um, okay. Yeah, well, right. It's it's pretty unusual for um, Drupal projects to be um, be that there's two of a kind, and we really really have the spirit in the Drupal community of really having just 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 one one project for one. And Falcon is really. Um, pretty unseen, um, which was pretty interesting. That might be because um, console originally came from Symphony World. It came kind of over from there based on, on the original Symphony console, then extending to Drupal. Um, but they have a little bit different things. And I've recently learned that also the theme people are like, um, they all want their own version of things. And uh, they're reinventing the uh, theme, uh, the wheel everywhere again and again. It's really, really crazy. <laughs> In a way, if you look at, at, at all of those things, so um, I personally am very glad for the stability we have in the Drupal ecosystem of having one tool that does one one job great. But in this case, maybe uh, Symphony gives some nice innovation, and there was open source in its best spirit. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think it would be better if it was one tool, but like. You know, certainly there were um, large contributions made by that team um, to show us what a command line tool for Drupal 8 could be, what building up on top of Symphony Console could be. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it's all turned out great.
And I think we can all agree that, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, the inspiration that Drush has provided for so many people, including the Drupal console team, uh, is something that we cannot uh, discount at all. Um, I'm curious, though, you know, I want to go in a different direction here now um, to talk about some of the ways in which, um, you know, Moshe, you've been working on Drush for an incredibly long time now, have uh, a very large amount of uh, background in it and, and, and just sort of are immersed in it constantly. Um, what are some of the things, you know, from your insider's perspective that Drush could improve on? Um, and what are some of the advancements that you'd like to see in the Drush project that other people can work on or that are initiatives that you would love to see happen? Yeah. Um, so I think that the current um, talking point is really around um, Drush in core Drupal. Um, and um, what we mean in particular there, uh, I guess every person might mean something different. Um, but uh, Dr uh, Drupal already has um, two commands in it, um, it's command line commands. Um, so there's the kernel of an idea there. Um, the commands are quick Drupal and uh, site install, um, or quick start and uh, site install. Um, and they're really like uh, simplistic implementations of those things. Um, I think the in site install only installs on SQLite database um, and doesn't install from config and doesn't do this and that that, that Drush does because it's 10 years ahead. Um, but uh, but uh, I'm interested in that initiative. Um, I've shared some thoughts with the maintainers about how we can get there. Um, we have um, now um, recently um, Drupal project, um, the starter template for new Drupal sites, um, has been deprecated in favor of something called um, something a core project or core recommended project. I can't remember exactly how it is, but um, there's like official starter templates for Drupal now, uh, and those bring in our dependencies. Um, I would like to see Drush added um, to that first as a suggested dependency, um, and then um, ultimately as a required dependency. Um, of the starter kit, people could then take it out if they wanted to. Um, and uh, so, you know, the, the core development process is quite long, um, quite nitpicky. Um, and so um, I have some like uh, desires to go to jump into it and some hesitations about jumping into it. But I think that, um, you know, getting Drush in as a dependency of Drupal would be fantastic in those templates. The, the, there's a set of key commands that have been identified in this issue on Drupal.org. We'll put that issue in the show notes here. Um, that uh, would definitely live inside of core. So install enable and uninstalling of modules, um, that kind of stuff would probably be just uh, Drupal core commands. Um, clearing too? Which one? Cache clearing, would cache clearing also live yeah. yeah, cache clear. I think um, user login would be a good candidate too, yeah. 
that sounds amazing to just have like a core of commands direct to the central pool available without having to do anything more, but also probably um, decrease, uh, no, it would increase developer experience and decrease beginner frustration because they, they have everything they need directly in their fingertips. Pretty cool. Yeah, it, it would be cool. Um, if you start with the Drupal project, you, you also have uh, Drush and all its commands right from the beginning. So um, in a sense, it's, it's, a, it's an experience improvement. In a sense, it's not an experience improvement. Um, in fact, you would now have the site install of Core or the site install of Drush, which does more. And, you know, we'd have to um, avoid people getting confused about what they should use again. Um, so there's definitely like a, a soup of possibilities and um, we want to end up somewhere where people are um, happy and not confused and can do the things they want to do. So um, let's talk about it in that issue. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way for folks to get involved. Um, and I would love to see a lot more of the Drush functionality available uh, just right out of the box in any or Drupal installation. Um, I'm, I'm curious, though, you know, one of the other things that I know, um, you know, beyond some of these ideas around reconciliation of, of a lot of the different approaches that we see, um, I'm, I'm, you know, what are some of the missing features or, or have you gotten a lot of feature requests um, in particular for, let's say, completely new ideas or completely new things that uh, people would like to see within Drush? Um, is that something that you've, that you've heard or, or um, is it primarily more about uh, getting Drush in the core at this point that you and Greg have in terms of vision? Um, I think that the like rate of feature requests has slowed down um, over the years. Uh, maybe we're getting to be an old foggy project like Apache that like doesn't really change and does what it needs to do. Um, so, uh, you know, we will keep up with Drupal. Um, we're already um, compatible with Drupal 9. Um, we run tests against Drupal 9. Um, every PR is tested against Drupal 9. So like we are cutting edge in that respect um, to make sure we're working with latest Drupal. Um, and there's a fair amount of maintenance um, that goes with that. Um, but like new features, we don't have too many that are planned right now. How about you, Fabian? Do you have any kind of dream features uh, that you'd like to see? I mean, this is your chance. You got most right here on the call. <laughs> um, actually, um, I think, um, I'm not sure maybe it's there already. Is there something for invalidating cache text yet in Drush? No. There's nothing for invalidating by tag. I actually wanted that recently, and I used um, PHP eval command in order to do it. Um, so um, I think that would be a reasonable enhancement for the cache, a, a cache commands, yeah. yeah when is Josh going to build my site for me? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's more designed as an accelerator. Um, but like, yeah, we could throw in a little AI um, and maybe some scrum process and we could build a site for you. Uh, let's not forget about the cryptocurrency miner. We need that in Drush too. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll be self-funding. <laughs> 
Well, we're, we're just about coming up to the end of our time here. So I wanted to um, really uh, thank you, of course, Moshe, for joining us today. But I wanted to also um, ask, you know, how can people get involved? I think a lot of us are interested in, in helping out with some of the issues um, in the Drush Project. Um, what, would you, what would be your recommendations and tips for uh, those of us who are interested in getting our hands dirty and, and um, working on some of those bug reports or some of the issues that you've got uh, in the queue? Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to encourage people to keep um, writing documentation. That can be um, documentation in our repo uh, is great, um, but it can also be just write blog posts about Drush, um, write tutorials about Drush. I think that, um, you know, people who are new to command line um, can sometimes struggle with how to get started. So, like, stuff that is step-by-step tutorials is really valuable for the community. So definitely write those. Um, if you do write something and post it on the web, you can um, open up an issue for Drush to add a link to it. Um, I'd be happy to add links to that stuff from our docs. Um, and, um, you know, in addition to the tutorials and documentations um, and videos uh, and conference talks about Drush, uh, you can go into the issue queue and go and find bugs and feature requests and make PRs for them. Um, lots of people do that, and it's a really great way to um, to contribute. We're like a welcoming project, um, and uh, you know the people who contribute a lot get rewarded. They become co-maintainers um, in some cases. So, like, yeah, if you love Drush, uh, consider giving in that way. Wonderful. Well, I know that um, a lot of people, folks watching this will probably go and check it out um, and see if there's anything they can contribute to. Um, any last words, by the way, Moshe or Fabian, about uh, Drush? Any any parting thoughts? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Moshe, thank you so much on behalf of the whole Drupal community for maintaining this tool for so long. It's been really great, and I think it's it's great that it goes into a stability phase, etc. And uh, is there for everyone to just use, and it works. And what more could you dream of a tool? I agree one hundred percent. I don't think any of us can imagine a Drupal without Drush. Um. <laughs> Cool. I, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, thanks to you and thanks to the community for contrib- contributing to it and, uh, and making it great. Thank you, Moshe. And uh, once again, I want to thank our guests today, Michael Myers, Fabian Franz, and Moshe Weitzman. Uh, by the way, we post all of these Tag Team Talks at tag1.com slash tagteamtalks. Um, all the links we mentioned today, including that issue that Moshe pointed out just a couple minutes ago, are going to be posted online with this talk. Um, so please feel free to check out tag1.com for all of your information related to this. And uh, there will be more content coming out about Drush 10 very soon, so please watch... Uh, uh, your uh, tag1.com tab uh, that you keep pinned on your Chrome and Firefox Fox tabs. I know you do. Um, if you enjoyed this talk, please remember to upvote, subscribe, share it with others, share it with your friends on the street, share it with you know anyone that you would like, like to talk uh, to about Drush. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. And if you have any topics you'd love to talk about, um, you'd love us to talk about with regards to the Tag1 Team Talks, please send us an email at tagteamtalks at tag1consulting.com. And once again, I want to express my fond gratitude to my dear friends, uh, Moshe, uh, Fabian, and Mike today. 
Um, thank you so much for joining us. And wherever you are in the world, until next time, thank you.